0: This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. October 30th, 1938.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. At 20 minutes before 8 central time, Professor Farrell of the Mount Jennings Observatory, Chicago, Illinois, reports observing several explosions of incandescent gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars.
0: It's 8 o'clock on a Sunday evening. Time for the Mercury Theater on the Air on CBS Radio. The program is War of the Worlds, the H.G. Wells science fiction novel. Everything seemed normal enough at the beginning. Orson Welles, the actor and leader of the Mercury Theater, read a prologue adapted from the book. He talked about how man had long thought he held dominion over the universe, but the great disillusionment had come in late October of the 39th year of the 20th century. That would have put the story a year in the future if you were paying attention.
1: We know now that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied.
0: His voice fades just as he's citing a statistic about how many people were listening to radios on that fateful night. What follows next is what sounds like a typical evening broadcast of dance music featuring Ramon Raquello and his orchestra live from the Meridian Room at the Park Plaza Hotel. Then came that news bulletin about the explosions on Mars. Then, back to Ramon Raquello and his orchestra for a minute or two before another news break-in. This time to a live interview with world-famous astronomer Richard Pearson at the Princeton Observatory. He sounded ever so reasonable as he reassured the interviewer that speculation about life on Mars was silly, and a report about a massive object hitting the ground near Grover's Mill, New Jersey, was probably just a meteorite. He also sounded ever so much like Orson Welles. This is
1: probably a meteorite of unusual size, and its arrival at this particular time is merely a coincidence.
0: The show went on like that, bouncing back and forth from the dance music at the Park Plaza to increasingly alarming news reports from Grover's Mill and then, as the Martians attack, New York City. I'm
1: speaking from the roof of Broadcasting Building, New York City. The bells you hear are ringing to warn the people to evacuate the city as Martians approach.
0: Sharp-eared listeners might have known that there was no Park Plaza Hotel, no Princeton Observatory. The writers, including Wells and John Houseman, later a famous actor, they were forced by CBS's lawyers to change the names of real places like the Biltmore Hotel and the Princeton University Observatory. Listeners also might have heard four separate announcements that this was simply an adaptation of the famous H.G. Wells novel. But especially if you missed the beginning, the broadcast didn't sound like radio drama. It sounded like real radio. And it famously caused a panic.
1: Strike right them head on. Lord! are tell you the plane by the woods as as the, the, gas tank tanks the automobiles spreading everywhere. coming this way out, about twenty yards to my right.
0: That panic has been exaggerated by history, mostly because it was exaggerated by the newspapers at the time. A lot of people called their local papers and the police looking for information, and the newspapers kind of inferred that there was a panic going on. But even the Chronicle story, the lead story on page a one, which talked about a panic in the headline, mentioned that there were only isolated incidents of people actually panicking. A woman in Indianapolis running into a church, screaming that New York had been destroyed. A few New Yorkers carrying their belongings to their cars and heading out of town. New York's finest were unable to get through on the swamp CBS switchboard, so they showed up at the studio. Mercury Theater actors later talked about physically restraining the cops from bursting in and shutting down the production. In the aftermath of the show Orson Welles was beside himself certain that he'd be ruined but despite the throngs of cops and reporters at the studio the actors were surprised to find that when they went outside the streets were normal nobody was panicking
1: We continue now with our piano interlude
0: The funny thing about that famous War of the Worlds broadcast is that almost nobody heard it Mercury Theater was a low-rated show it didn't even have a sponsor And it was on opposite the NBC Red Network's Chase and Sanborn Hour, featuring Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. And that was a big hit. Most of the people panicking, and remember, there weren't many of those, they hadn't even heard the show. They'd heard about it. And they mostly didn't even know they were panicking about Martian invaders. They mostly figured the Germans were coming. H.G. Wells was still alive at the time. And he and Orson Welles met once, in 1940, when they both happened to be in San Antonio and they were brought together for a radio interview. H.G. Wells was 73 at the time. He mentioned the broadcast and he said, Are you sure there was such a panic in America or wasn't it your Halloween fun? Orson Welles said, That's the nicest thing that a man from England could say about the men from Mars.
1: This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. Out of character, to assure you that the war of the worlds has no further significance than it's the holiday offering it was intended to be. The Mercury Theater's own radio version of dressing up in a sheet and jumping out of a bush and saying boo.
0: This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to century.
1: So, goodbye, everybody, and remember, please, for the next day or so, the terrible lesson you learned tonight. That grinning, glowing, globular invader of your living room is an inhabitant of the pumpkin patch, and if your doorbell rings and nobody's there, that was no Martian. It's Halloween.